Welcome to a very special interview. Um, you might remember to go October the 30th, uh, Jordan Rudess appeared at the Build Conference, which is Microsoft Developer Conference, uh, sort of showing his applications on the Windows 8, at least I assume it's Windows 8 uh, mm-hmm. devices. Uh, and we're very fortunate to have both Jordan and uh, Kevin Chartier, uh, who is the sort of technical coding side of things, to join us today. And uh, I wanted to quiz them a little about this because they, as far as I can tell, seem to be amongst the first, if not the first, people to uh, actually get the whole um, Windows 8 thing going on. So, um, first of all, Jordan, if I could maybe come to you, you, uh, what, what sort of, what was the spark or the trigger for this? I mean, when did you think I really need to do this? Well, you know, Kevin and I put together these apps that we were very proud of, that we wanted to get out to the world, and of course, the iOS world. Was the uh, was the way that we got our whole business started? Very smooth, very cool. But but you know, my our desire was to get our work out to as broad an audience as possible. I mean, really, why not? So Kevin came to me um, at one point and said, "Look," he says, "You know, with the kind of code I do, I can take these apps and I can move them to other platforms." I said, "Well, wonderful. Let's do." So um, we've actually been experimenting. Um, with releasing our apps on some other platforms. And, um, you know, I don't know if people out there, well, some of them don't know it, but like MorphWiz is available on the Android platform. MorphWiz is available uh, in the BlackBerry playbook. I did and, not know that, no. Yeah, so we put them out on, those, on that platform. And now with Windows, I honestly have to say that I'm, I'm kind of the next level of excited about it because we've had some problems, um, you know, with the other, well, with the Android platform, there are two problems, one of which is that there's an latency issue, which when you touch the screen, the sound doesn't happen right away, which is, of course, from a musical point of view, not acceptable. We felt like our apps were still fun and musical, so we released them on that platform anyway. But, you know, to get to the point, with Windows... You know their system is such that um, you know it's much more it's much more like a musical instrument where you you press the note and it you know it plays. I don't know if Kevin's done a measurement of the exact latency yet, but it really is very similar to uh, the iOS response. So, so we feel like wow, this is an opportunity to in the proper form uh, to a whole other audience because as we know, there's a lot of people that are. Windows, Microsoft people that, you know, don't want to go out and get, you know, an iPad or an iPhone. So for me, it's very exciting because we get to have our apps out there in just a broader uh, segment of the population. I can imagine. And also, I mean, the thing that is, was more thrilling, than, well, one of the most thrilling things is you just kind of casually throw in, I've got a 27-inch touchscreen kind of input device here, which is kind of like, oh, uh, wait, hold on. The, that really does get kind of very exciting, right? Oh, well, for yeah, as a musician, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. True. I've wanted to play in a large touchscreen since 
you know, we thought of these apps. That's been kind of like the goal. So when uh, when Pete Brown called me up and said, hey, you know, we have this system and you can play it on any size screen and, you know, I'm going to bring over a 27-inch screen for you to play on. I was like, wow, let's make this happen. This is awesome. And so, is, is that size still enable you to have this low latency interfacing with it? That's a very good question. Um, it seems like the different screens are are all a little bit different, I guess because they're made from different companies. And Kevin maybe can fill us in on what's going on to that's happening. However, uh, the one that I have at home, the Lenovo machine, it's not the most responsive to my touch. I mean, it's really fun to play and it's, you know, it's exciting. However, the apps don't work exactly like what I'd want them to, uh, you know, how I'd want them to respond. When I was at the, uh, when I was over at Microsoft, I was playing on some other screens. I played on this huge Sony tablet that looks like some somebody injected an iPad with some kind of uh, <laughs> growth hormone. <laughs> <laughs> that actually responded really, really well. That casual line of Jordan's, oh, I've written the code so that it's easy to port to other platforms, is a very simple set of words. Uh, is a, a hugely meaningful statement, right? It it is, and it's um, what what really gave rise to all of this is that we found on iOS that the native windowing toolkit was eating so much of the CPU, eating so much of the processor that we couldn't do the synthesis we wanted to. Ah. So starting with SampleWiz, I wrote a my basically my own windowing toolkit to ditch Apple's windowing toolkit. And on, on any device, you have the CPU, you have the GPU. And Basically, what we did is the with starting with SampleWiz, there's we offloaded as much of the visual code to the graphics processor, the GPU, so as much of the CPU as possible would be available to do audio synthesis. After we finished SampleWiz, I started looking at you know I I started out as a Windows developer. Um, and have developed, I've developed Linux applications, I've developed Windows applications, mostly Windows applications for most of my career. And I realized that this windowing toolkit was a big step to cross-platform applications. So when Windows Consumer Preview came out, I actually, um, and, and I was playing around a lot with a bunch of different devices before this. I, I got a couple of Android devices, you know, like Jordan said, we got the playbook, but actually the Windows was before we even started messing with the, with the playbook. And um, basically what we have is I, I set things up so that I can write code that um, in, instead of ever dealing, instead of the application code ever dealing directly with the operating system and with operating system specific libraries, the application code deals with an interface that I and all I have to do is, for any new platform, I have to write a new backend for that interface to interface. Uh, is that the idea? If I, I'm not terribly up to speed, is that the idea of like a meta compiler? Is that the idea of something that a layer that you just spit out different languages, kind of? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, kind of the same idea, but on the but on the interface level. Um, yeah, basically, the, the whole idea is that you have your, you know, on on one end you have your application and. You know, a typical application, and this is this is the way development is typically encouraged, 
you have your application has all of these hooks going into the operating system and, and things that are very specific to operating systems. And honestly, it's worse now than it was years ago. Um, Cross-platform development used to be a little more encouraged than it is now. Um, and basically what I did is I put up a wall there and said, you know what, I'm not going to have my application know anything really about the operating system. My application is going to know about this interface that I've put in between. Right. I mean, this sounds actually quite groundbreaking in a lot of ways because, I mean, one of the big sort of exciting parts for me, this is, and it's a sort of uh, theory I expanded when I was talking about your uh, appearance at the developer cons, uh, conference, um, Jordan, was the idea that a lot of these people who are developing technology maybe are thinking you know, business user point of view, but actually what they really need is musicians to push the boundaries because, you know, nobody's going to go, wow, check that spreadsheet out. They're going to go, wow, look at this instrument, look at this real-time kind of stuff. And so, you, therefore, you know, this is very, very critical to the whole momentum that a new platform like this would build, right? Totally. I was, you know, so excited. I am excited to be involved with Microsoft on this level at this point. I mean, we know, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day. He's saying, oh, well, I was being very positive, optimistic about the whole thing. They were saying, well, Microsoft released, you know, Windows 7. They released Vista. It's supposed to be very exciting. So let's see. I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. I said, but here we are with this release. And they called me. So, you know, I'm relating it to my life at, you know, this time, the synchronicity of all that. And so I'm going to be excited. You know, this is, I think that this, I think this move of Microsoft's to um, not only release you know this particular software, but to have somebody like me come out and be the opening act for Steve Ballmer is a strong statement. Yeah, you know, it's really pretty cool. I mean, I I can't tell you how many people came up to me and went, "Wow, things are really changing." You know, this is amazing that Microsoft would have you come and do this kind of rock show or whatever before they're built 8 30 in the morning <laughs> yeah i'm sure you know our friends at apple were kind of like wow that's <laughs> that's pretty interesting you know it's so different it's a big statement it's you know where all of a sudden they're like embracing you know yeah creative elements I, I, I absolutely agree with that and i think i mean the critical thing now presumably is obviously kevin you've got this amazing workflow that allows you to cross-platform develop i mean for, for, in terms of getting other because the, the the critical thing now is getting other ios dev developers on board who have come up with these wonderful ways of using the touch you know that we can all go, wow this is cool stuff i know jordan you you're you know very quick to sort of say that is a very cool app you know and, and sort of uh, evangelize it i mean how how can now how can it move on from here how easy is it for these guys to then that's, to port that's an awesome question. I'm interested to uh, to hear Kevin's answer. But <laughs> I just want to say, yeah, there's some, there's so much excitement. There has been so much excitement with iOS because, although you know, 95% of the apps that let's say I get excited about, they're not like the all end, you know, great musical, you know, uh, creations. But they might have a seed of an idea that's really, really cool. They might be showing people. They might be showing. Me haven't really thought of before a new way to control sound which you go wow that's really awesome but I have the feeling and Kevin will clarify that many of these programmers are using tools that are kind of like not the foundation tools they're things that are available to them on the on a um, an easier level to plug into and make little things happen that might be of interest uh, and that's the key obviously how do they translate that so into I want to add to your question 
Like how many tools like that, that we're kind of enjoying as users or as musicians, are available even on the Windows platform to make use of to, to open up the same kind of creativity? Is it what, how is the world different uh, in, that, in that Windows world area? Over to you. There you go. Well, basically, when you're, when you're looking at developing for a platform, you have a, you have a, a, set, of, a set of graphical elements and a set of things built into the operating system that you can use to develop. And with, with Apple, of course, they, were, they, they developed some neat touch controls. Um, personally, I like our touch controls a whole lot better than the ones that Apple developed even for their devices. If you look, you know, for example, if you look at Apple's sliders, they are very difficult to use. They're, you know, if you see people on their iPhones hunting and pecking around with their sliders. You look yeah, at the yeah, slider yeah. toolkit that I developed and it's easy to use. You, you will never find somebody hunting and pecking to figure out how to use one of our sliders because it's, it's just, it really is just a better design. Um, if you, but basically, and, and this is even, even, talking with, um, even talking with our friends at Microsoft, I, you know, they, they brought me through the whole tutorial and they were talking about all of these wonderful ways to design, design interfaces and all of these great tools that they had developed. The, what's, what's interesting about the system that I work in, and I, it's, there are a lot of different kinds of programmers, a lot of different levels of comfort with using technology. Microsoft has developed a lot of wonderful tools for developing interfaces, for developing applications. Um, Apple has developed a lot of wonderful tools for developing interfaces and for developing applications. The problem is they're, they're totally different. Sets. They're incompatible. I mean, the thing that is the key to this is how whether somebody or uh, you know whether there is a will within Microsoft or create some way of kind of going creating a great iOS app want to do something for the Windows thing what you need is this widget which we'll seed you with you can have it you know all you have to do is this and this will get you going on the road obviously it's not going to be as simple as that but we are trying to make it as simple as possible and I, I don't think that either Microsoft or Apple is going to step up and offer something like that. There are a lot of third-party companies that provide things like that. The problem is with those, you usually add a level of abstraction on top of the native toolkit. Sure. And them that I've seen, they, they basically add, they do that. They add a, a level of the native toolkits, and they add a level of inefficiency. Um, what's really remarkable about the way we do things, and this is this is not something totally new, and I'll, I'll explain uh, how other people have done this before. Um, but what we do is we actually remove a level of inefficiency. We remove a level of complexity, and the the way that the way that I write code for these systems, it's still all native code for these systems. There's no there's no additional. Um, abstraction layer in terms of some kind of toolkit or some kind of um, other language you have to use in between. Right. What I'm adding in between is just a programming interface, basically. And, and it's all, if you, look at, if you look at my application code, it is 100%, it's not even C++, it's not Objective-C, it's C. 
it's it's so incredibly simple. It's a language that's been around as long as I've been alive, has been standardized for as long as I've been alive. Um, and that's the that's a big deal. Well, it, it sounds like you are the guy who needs to make this thing then, you know, that you, you but I mean obviously that that introduces all sorts of other questions into the equation uh, in, not in terms of, you know, intellectual property, time, all that kind of things, but I mean cuz I'm guessing Jordan be the only guy who's able to uh to to be developing this. I mean, you know, what can be done to encourage yeah this process? Of course not. Yeah, I, I I'm excited about seeing you know this world take off. That's why I'm listening as intent as intently as anybody else right now to what Kevin is saying, trying to understand how possible it is for our other friends who make cool stuff to actually do something on Windows. You know, obviously, I know that Kevin is the kind of programmer. I've met enough programmers now to start to really see the difference. I mean, Kevin goes down to the root level. He understands you know how to make code from the beginning. And to build the tree from the start to the finish, where, you know, I'm sure 90, 95% of programmers don't program like that. They just don't know how. They don't have the patience. You know, it's 2012. People don't want to do all that study and that work. It's the same, same uh, you know, for musicians. They don't want to sit down. They don't want to practice and learn to play every scale and every arpeggio in every key, you know, backwards and forwards. They just don't want to. They're going to go and they're going to sequence it or they're going to use tools to, you know, arpeggiators to get their, you know, fast runs done. I think it's very similar. At this point in the show, we want to say thank you to Yamaha for being one of the show sponsors. Uh, they have a whole applications. There's over 20 music-related applications. You can see them here in this lovely spinny globe. We've got performance play, we've got keyboard, harp and drum. There's also the new one, which is the synth harp and drum power, which has software synthesizer with 61 sounds, seven kits and effects, five songs, 16 drum pads. Uh, there's also Faders XY power, which allows you to Connect up to your uh, Mox, MotifXX, S90SX, S70XS, MotifXS and RapidXS and access the various parameters for performance such as filters and XY pad, volume and EQ. There's voice editors as well which allow you to access uh, more detailed voice parameters in uh, EQ. Lots and lots of ways of controlling your uh, Mox series and Motif series keyboards. And we've also got Setlist Organizer, which we looked at earlier in the uh, series. And this is a great application. What this does is allow you to organize your set, put notes in, photographs, uh, and then send out MIDI program changes and banks uh, for each section of the song to sort of organize your MIDI rig, your record and share with Cloud Audio Recorder. There's a whole bunch of applications out there in the Yamaha world of apps. Just head over to iTunes and search for Yamaha apps. Just to sort of maybe take a sidestep a minute, um, you're working. Are these applications are working in Windows 8 proper? It's not RT, so we're not going to. Are we going to be able to? Well, or is that a different, a totally different machine? And what have Jordan you? Jordan done with them on Surface, and and the the applications I actually wrote. Um, I wrote this these this back end of the API. I wrote it for both Windows 7, which runs as a desktop application and for what Microsoft, I believe, calls the WinRT API. So it will run on, and it's different, it's different compilations of it, but it will run on the WinRT, the Windows RT surface. It will run on an x86, right. Windows 8 as a Metro-style app. A different version of the app, which 
reason to release this will run as a desktop application on either Windows 7 or Windows 8. And actually, I, I compiled it for Windows XP where you can use it with a mouse. That's exciting. I mean, does that mean, because I've been hearing, um, I, I, I listen to the Twit Network, which is a, a great kind of uh, tech resource. And they're, they're kind of, they've been getting the surface and their sense is that it's quite laggy. But is that because, because you've removed this level of abstraction and interface, does that mean that you're able to get it to respond better for your specific application? The, it, it is an ARM processor. There are definitely issues with, and, and I love ARM processors. I think, I think they're really cool. Almost as much fun as, uh, as well, yeah, no, ARM processors are awesome. So the, there, you, you have less computational power available than if you're running on an x86 processor, but you can still get very good latency times. Right now, MorphWiz is running with um, MorphWiz is running with with higher latency than than we would want. Uh, Tachyon actually, because the synthesis is a whole lot simpler, is running with much better even. And I was actually talking to this was I think he emailed me right around the time Jordan did this demo. Um, a friend of ours who does the nano studio application he he's basically doing exactly the same thing that I'm that doing. is I'm not way cool because that was that was a real kind of one of the groundbreaking applications for ios wasn't it the really? nano studio so that is really good and he's from uh, he's from around here he's like 20 miles up the road i believe oh yeah 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 That's so you should you book. should talk to him because he he actually released a version of nano studio a free version you can go to the website and download with it um, he released a free version of Nano Studio for Windows 7. Wow. And he is working on a version of Nano Studio for Windows 8. And he actually gave me some pointers on how to reduce latency because I was I was telling him how I was how I was doing things and he mentioned to me that there were that there were ways to improve. So well, that's good. I mean that's that's a kind of good sign that the the community, you know, because that's essentially what needs to happen, isn't it? Um Jordan, you, you were you holding up a surface there because I must say the surface does look yeah. like a really cool piece of hardware. Yeah. Um Oh, so that's that's cool. That's running um Yeah, it's right. It runs beautifully. <laughs> that's sweet so i mean because one of the things is you know, I, i'm actually really excited by the uh surface i would love to try one out and get one in you know and use it because we have a sonic touch uh, uh program where we do uh we review applications for touch devices not just it's mostly ios because that's all there's been but the surface actually right. looks like a really cool piece of hardware i mean you've got one in your hands i mean are there but is there anything else that you can download to it to, to fulfill your creative desire other than the stuff you make yourself? Yeah, well, you know, I just got it. So I have a lot of research about what else is available yet. Um, so I can't really answer that question. I know there's not a whole lot available at this moment. A standard USB connector. Yes. You know, I, yeah, I'm happy to have it because, you know, first of all, it plays, you know, it plays well for me. And uh, just as you said, it's a, it's a pretty cool piece of hardware. It's a great screen. It's a really cool size. It just feels good to play. And, uh, yeah. I guess the thing that's quite thrilling about this also is, you know, obviously Apple has their roadmap, and, you know, they tend to iterate their products 
geared purely around sales and how much of a uh, of a bump will bite. You know, if if something is only a tiny bit better, just enough better to make us buy it, then they get more sales. Whereas we're actually kind of, as musicians and users, we want you know as fast as possible, as soon as possible. And Windows, both you know, this seems to be an exciting possibility to access this high speed processes right away. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's the I want it now kind of scenario, isn't it? I mean, that's that's the that's the thrilling part, right? So do you get the sense that they have the they they have and are prepared to push the resources into this this zone you know because traditionally they're going to be concentrating on the corporate users and that sort of and this is very much more consumer based isn't it this is this is a different sort of strategy sense that they're going to be there's going to be enough people there to help out you know i guess uh I guess time will tell, but I mean, it, it seems like they're really into it. They're very excited. That, of course, they have lots of resources, so we will hope that they, uh, you know, they make it happen. Most we- definitely, most definitely. And uh, Kevin, um, you obviously, with a background in Windows, you know, you now must be seeing. Ooh, actually, this means so much. So much more is possible, and I guess that you're drip feeding back this knowledge to to Jordan, who's also presumably seeing. Oh wait, wait a minute! I thought that you know now we can really kind of let rip. I think that's a viable thing. Are you going to be kind of really pushing the boundaries now? I I think that I think that there are some in- really interesting opportunities with Windows and the um, both the the fun and the not so fun part is is the diversity of Windows devices that are out there and are going to be out there. And they, the, the good thing is that, that even the, the lowest processing power Windows devices that are going to be out there, and this is, you know, that's going to be the Surface. It's, the, it's, a, it's an ARM processor, which is a very efficient processor, but in terms of, you know, power is going to be less than an x86 processor these days. Um, so you're, if, if you want a, a, an app that will run all the way from a Windows Surface to the highest powered x86 machine that they're going to release, then you are going to need to be thinking about a wide range of of computational power available. And of course, when somebody has a more powerful processor, they want an app that's going to take advantage of that. Sure. And especially when it comes to synthesis, you uh, and I, I find it kind of funny when you look at when you look at the level of that's accepted in iOS synthesizers right now, just because they're running on ARM processors. Um, people people are synthesizing at at 16-bit 44.1, and not even not even doing a very like you hear you hear you know you look at iOS apps, you hear aliasing all over the place. What I find really amusing is if you released a serious you know called yourself a serious synthesis app and released a PC application, you know, six, seven years ago, you would be laughed if you had laughed at if you had the quality of synthesis that you hear in a lot of iOS synthesizers. One thing that I think this will do, but you know, people accepted it because it's so portable and because you have this touch screen. One thing that I think it will do is that it will it will raise the standard for audio quality where we're going to start to get um, the the consumers of these applications are going to realize that they can start to be a little pickier 
about synthesis quality again, um, which is a good thing. It's it's good to have discerning users who actually want a quality product and want you know even even though it's fun, um, it's it's also something that it's also something that you want to have good sound coming out of it and you want you know, to have it. Yeah. Saying that, sorry, Jordan, you want to come in? And, and that brings up the whole other kind of relates to the whole other problem in this whole world, which, which will be interesting to see how you know this the Microsoft Windows environment kind of maybe changes the whole scope of it. Which is that you know we ha we you know we kind of emerged in this uh, multi-touch music world at a point where there were there weren't that many things going on, <clears throat> and we were able to offer something and have it really be noticed. And and I think what we offered was really you know, was was of good quality, and um, so I think what's been happening is all of us have been seeing this. You know, like the iOS world get more crowded, whether it's in music or whether it's in art or photography or any of the different you know categories. And at this point, it's like a zoo. It's really, really hard for anyone to know what's a good app, what's not a good app. You know, there's just too much stuff. You know, I, I look at it and go, oh my God, you know, it's like so overwhelming. And my, my, as this was happening, I was thinking, wow, I would love to, you know, kind of like be the one to go in and not that I have all the time in the world, but I'd love to be the one since I'm checking all of them out anyway, because I want to see what everybody is doing and have a, you know, a broad view of what's possible to, to say, well, this one is absolute garbage. But this one actually has some real meaning to it. This is a great idea, but it doesn't sound very good. This one is a great idea and does sound really good. You know, how do you navigate a world that has 50,000 music apps? Well, I can, uh, so I can, this is where, at which point I can plug our Sonic Touch <laughs> program, yeah. which does its little, uh, as best we can. I mean, we don't get to shoot it all that often because of uh, um, just logistical issues, but we're going to be shooting some more this week. But yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think um that that's perhaps one of the things about the whole app store environment it's kind of grown from something that was literally a place to buy mp3 much more encompassing and it's so it's actually quite hard i agree to see what's going on there and that's not necessarily a good thing um, speaking of stores i mean can we buy your windows apps now are they going to be or are they still kind of coming to I, I think we're, uh, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong, three or four weeks away from being actually on the store because we're just submitting now and it takes a little time to uh, to get into the system. Yep. It's a similar, pro yep. similar process, right? So approval. So you have approval and... and well, Pete, you know, Pete Brown, my good friend over at Microsoft, can tell, you know, everybody that but my understanding is that you can kind of get into the store as a developer in a couple of ways one of them is a little bit more complicated than the other one is if you're if you're opening up like a business account right uh, uh, you know that's that's the way that takes more time yeah another way is just to go in as if you're like a single developer and you're just doing something you know, like a one-off or whatever and then it's a lot easier the process that we did because we're taking this very seriously as we opened up a business account for Wisdom Music. So there were, there were some steps that relate, you know, that kind of relate to the iOS world, maybe even more, a little bit more intense. But Microsoft is coming from a business background, so they want to be uh, very secure. They take it very seriously. And uh, I think that's why, you know, there's a little bit, uh, a little bit more to get into it. 
And are you uh, planning on, is it going to be comparative sort of pricings? I mean, I guess there's profit splits and all the kind of business. It's going to be there or thereabouts the same, right? Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, we haven't totally determined the pricing yet, but it'll be, so, it'll be somewhat related. You know, I, I think the big question of this is whether, whether Windows is going to become a viable platform for music apps and whether a lot of the excitement that was previously restrained iOS for music apps is going to move over to the Windows space. And you know, if you if you really look at the excitement, it's not that not that difficult to understand why it was there. It was a, a platform that people had the devices, the touch screens were good. They were, you know, iOS devices were the first consumer touch screens that were actually any good. Um, right. And then you had the because it was because it was built on Mac OS, you had this uh, you had a good audio system that gave you low latency. So well, and you also have a community of creative people who've been using Apple, f- you know. F- but most developers I know, and it may just be my own my own little corner of the world, um, like Rob Fielding, the guy who started GeoSynth, the the guy we developed GeoSynth with. It was his application initially. It arose out of his musician application, and then we worked with him on it for a while um, and released it under Wisdom Music. He's a Windows developer. Right. I was a Windows developer. I became an iOS developer. I I knew nothing about Objective C, had not owned a Mac in years, and was working writing scientific software for Windows. And I bought a Mac just because I saw how exciting the space was. Um, and, and then, you know, the Nano Studio guy is, uh, does, does Windows stuff as well. And I don't know if he started in Windows or whether, but, but he's, he's very capable with Windows, actually. So, I, I feel a whole kind of series of T-shirts, you know, Windows programmers do it better, you know, this kind of stuff coming along. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, you know, there's a whole, there's like the new breed of programmers that, uh, the new breed of the ones that say, oh, well, I really want to learn how to program for the iPhone. Right. You know? Yeah, it's like the real serious. The serious guys who've been doing this for years. Many of them are uh, starting yeah, out a Windows. What's next for you guys? I mean, you know, obviously the the world's your oyster at the moment. I mean, there's a sort of blank page to many in many respects. You know, what what are your immediate plans? If I, if you can tell me without uh, having to kill me, of course. Yeah, well, that's a very good question. You know, we um, we are a small but mighty company. Um, we have all these apps out with iOS that we're very uh, excited about that we need to continue with, but at the same time, we're right now we're working on uh, a project with Intel uh, and getting that done. We have this adventure that we're starting with uh, with Microsoft, getting our apps out on that platform. So, and, and you know, main programmer right now, sure. the technical guru of the company. Um, so it's a question of, okay, you know, we've got all these ideas, but taking our time, finishing this thing, and then, you know, maybe moving on to the other thing. But we, what I'm really looking forward to all this is getting back to some of the very cool things that we started, um, some apps that we kind of planted seeds for and even got pretty far into and in getting those out. We've got some cool stuff that... Uh, uh, you know, I'd love to see. Least, I, I'm guessing that the, this newfound technical uh, um, possibility, newfound power, if you like, CPU, 
It means that you, some of the ideas that maybe started out and go, well, that's not quite ready for, the world's not quite ready for this yet. Maybe now you can, uh, you can start to bring those out. Is that kind of what you're saying? Uh, yeah, kind of. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's no secret that like a while back we really, or we showed a version of like Morph Wiz MIDI, you know, that, that we were working on that would be, there are things that we've done that would, that would be really nice to get back into. I think we were both looking forward to having some time to sink back into. I'm talking for Kevin now. <laughs> Wondering. If- That's, I, I think, I, 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 is this turning into a meeting? No, what wisdom music is is, uh, very much what you see, but it's all. But the other part of it is that we're starting to open up and working with some other developers. So uh, while this is going on, I'm like working on a little uh, ear training app with a guy in Chile. And there's some other there's some other projects that uh, that we'll see come to life. So if you know if I'm uh, uh, an iOS app developer, I've maybe built one or two apps. What's my next move if I want to get into the Windows thing? Do you think? Well, honestly, <laughs> what what I would like to tell a lot of, of I, a lot of iOS app developers is, and and this is this I think is a huge problem with programming and. Um, it's it's something that I that I was stuck with for for a little while even when I started programming. Um, there's never any magic to it. The the all of the all of the stuff that programmers rely on as a crutch because they think it's too hard to do you know to dig one level deeper. Um, you know, get over it. You're a programmer. You need to learn how to make a computer do what you want it to do. And basically, if you're if you're determined enough, you can always get a get a computer to do what you want it to do. And the the more layers of abstraction and the more crutches you use to life easier, um, the the more difficulty you're going to have in the long run. It's it's not you know I I do enjoy just on an intellectual level I enjoy the really low level programming, but I don't do low level programming in C just because I enjoy it. I do it because it's the it's the right way to get the job done. And if I used some system that would make me, you know, it, it bugs the heck out of me when somebody says, oh, you can, you can write an app in two hours. I don't want to write an app in two hours. I want to write a good app. And, and any app that you write in two hours is either going to be some canned thing that was already, you know, already basically provided by the operating system. It's, it's right. just, I, I, I think that developers... If you if you want to be serious about developing good applications, you have to be serious about building your skills, and you have to be serious about really being a programmer. Um, and professor Professor you know, Chartier, I guess you know, and I, I totally can appreciate and also relate to everything that Kevin just said, and I hope that message goes out to the programming community in a big way. But I think I think you know one of the realities of our business and our world is that you know like Microsoft is only gonna is, is only gonna see a whole lot of apps if they have the tools, which I don't know if Kevin knows, for for people for these programmers to take the easier route, encouraging it in any way because I think that they should all learn how to really program. But yes, but, that, I mean that isn't that why iOS apps have, uh, have have blossomed because there has been that route and it needs to be created. Yeah, because there are probably you know there are so many tools that they can go in and they can make an app even if they're not Kevin Chartier, sure. you know. And again, I'm not encouraging it, but I think that that there are ways to make you know kind of cool music apps without having to uh, get at get as deep. Yeah, well, I I certainly hope that that is possible as well because obviously 
you know, those also encourage you to dig deeper because it doesn't quite do what you want. You can kind of go, well, actually, I need to learn a bit deeper. So that's great. I mean, you know, one of the, one of the things is, just to, to maybe close, one of the things that's very beautiful about this world of, of multi-touch is that you have future programmers like Elijah, Kevin's son. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is that you, um, you know, these, these platforms, they enable people, the public, to put their hands on musical experiences like they never have before, to enable, you know, the guy across the street who loves music that could never play music, to put his hand on the surface and make a beautiful sound, to be, to, to you know, we're offering tools, we're offering give music to a large portion of the population, which is the beauty of this whole thing. So if we can get, you know, a surface out there, you know, um, a 27-inch touchscreen, we can get all these things out there to people to give them a little bit of the magic of music, even if they're not necessarily the deepest of apps, you know, I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. So we can only hope that, you know, the Microsoft world expands and we can get some of this magic out there for, for all those people, because it's only a good thing for you know, for the whole world. It really is. You know, music is a healer. So the more ways that we can get it out there, the more platforms. Not to mention it's, you know, it's going to uh, be fantastic for all the people, all the developers who are doing these creative things that need to make a living. So. Absolutely. That's uh, very well said. It's been a fascinating insight into the way this whole thing works because, I mean, this is, as I said, uh, and as I think we've all, we all kind of agree on this, it's an exciting potential possibility. There could be some great stuff coming, and we only hope that it can continue along this line and, you know, things can keep going. And you can bring some enthusiasm to ha perhaps some of the other uh, iOS developers to, to, to join you in a kind of uh, community sense. Look out for Nano Studio. Uh, I think that that's, and that's, that's just a wonderful application. Um, I do also know I was in touch with Rob, and he bought a development system and a Microsoft Surface, uh, Rob Fielding, the, the guy who wrote GeoSynth. Um, so, so look out for some cool stuff coming from his direction as well. And he's, you know, in terms of, in terms of creating really playable instruments, he is, um, he is obsessive about latency, he's obsessive about playability. So he's a good guy to have excited about the space. Yeah. You know, the other um, thing, I wanted to add something just to this whole conversation, which is really important, is, you know, whether or not you know, Microsoft will kind of succeed in opening up their world and having lots of great music apps. And that is that, you know, one of the really important things for developers is that they can actually make money from their hard work. Sure. And, you know, in our experience now, We've released iOS apps, we've released Android apps, we've released apps for the playbook. And honestly, the only area that we've been really able to, to feed our children with is iOS. So, and, you know, we, can, we could have a whole other discussion on why that is. But, you know, obviously there's a whole lot of, you know, people out there, Gordon Rudis or Wisdom Music Bands, that are running around with MorphWiz on their device. But for some reason, that's not contributing to the cause. So we, we really are hoping, and it makes a huge difference to where we put our limited resources, that you know, we, we're hoping that, that the Windows world, Microsoft, will, will be uh, you know, an avenue where we yeah. can actually see some, some return for it.
Well, of course. I mean, this, and, and I'm guessing this is another reason why iOS has been so popular because, you know, whether or not you you agree with their particular model, it's very clear. It's a closed system. It's the sort of thing that you know you money exchanges hands. It's not easy. It's not an easy system to circum circumvent unless you're really, really determined. So, I mean, that's yeah. something they've also got to get right. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's a big deal. I think once, you know, people, other developers are always asking me, they're asking Kevin, like, how are you guys doing in that world? How does it work? They know that we put things out on Android. On Android. They're like, what happened? What's going on? Did you make any money? <laughs> you know, and so these, no. <laughs> these things, are, they want to know how, they want to know how to invest their time. Sure. So if we come back to them being one of the first people to enter into the Windows world and we can say, you know what, we put our app out on the Microsoft platform and it's really working. Let's hope so. I, I amen to that. I totally agree, and I would, I, I, I am totally behind you 100%. And I wish you the very best of luck uh, in that process. And um, and hopefully, Jordan, you'll be also posting some other cool apps of uh, Windows uh, and Surface app music apps that you put up on uh, on YouTube, so we can continue to see your excellent playing and what have you. I totally look forward to that. That would be that would be great. So, um, Jordan Rudess and. Kevin Chartier, thank you very much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you giving me your time to uh, talk to us about the, the whole Windows process. Thank you very much. And thank Thanks you, Nick. So All right, it's a pleasure. All right.